0: we're going to hear our scripture reading. I've asked somebody who can come and read it and stand next to me and doesn't have to socially distance, so that's all right. Oh, she's still got a mask on. You know when Wendy led the service? Last week? Week before? Week before? You do realise that was the first time ever she'd led a service? Um, I don't think it noticed, did it? Do you think she might be a natural? There you go. Chris, we'll change the road. No, maybe not. Sorry. I've just had one of those looks.
1: Uh, The reading is from John chapter 19, starting at verse 17. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that all was now completed, And so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus's lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may also believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And, as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who, had er, who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Remember to be an African. Thank you for going away with my Bible. Thank you. (laughs) Bear with me. She closed the Bible. I need to open it again. Hold no. put that down. I appear to be. Am I on? Yeah. Good. It's a relief. Quite a long passage, but actually, every time I thought, oh, we better stop, or oh, we better there was no. Let's just have the whole thing. It was just one of those. It's making sense of it without the next bit or the bit before is difficult. But sure many of you know this but I, I love reading I absolutely I, I I've shown Wendy the box that I'm going to fill with books to take on holiday and she's told me it's too big uh, for the boot of the car if we want to take any clothes with us apparently so um we're gonna to have to be careful with that but I, I just love reading and I love reading stories like John le Carre, and I I love Tolkien I love a whole load of a whole load of different genre of uh literature that I I will read but what I love in a story um, I love it to have a crucial moment uh, the turning point in the narrative the bit that actually makes sense of what's gone before and shifts the gears and takes us to the next thing Uh, when you get to that bit some some books you, you just take ages to get there Other books, and and you don't quite know why, and other books, they just are beautifully crafted and you get to this and you go, oh, that's what it's all about. And you've spent the previous however many hours reading and it's, you've been going, is it, could it, maybe, and then suddenly it makes sense. The reading we've had from the Gospels today is, from John's Gospel, is the moment The part of the narrative that makes everything else that's gone before, the previous 18 chapters, make sense. And it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because the thing that makes sense of everything is Jesus being dead and buried. But it's the key moment. It's the key point of the Christian faith. And there's a lot I could say about this, but I want to just focus on three places in the, in the passage. The first one is where Pilate gets the inscription put at the top of the cross. Here is the King of the Jews. And the authorities come and say don't write that. Write he claimed to be the King of the Jews. So Pilate wants to make a statement and it's being contested immediately. And his response is very clear. What I've written, I've written. And actually we don't get the impact of that because we're used to having lots of stuff written down. Where back then, not so much was written down. There was stuff written down, but it wasn't normal, the normal course of affairs. People didn't have bookshelves and books on those shelves. Only legal things were written down. So if something was written down, it was written down to make a record of it. It was written down to say this is the thing that has happened. This is the fact. This is the truth. What I've written, I've written. This is true. He is the king of the Jews. Is what he's saying. You know? I guess we don't write anything down anymore, do we? Yeah, we just, uh, instead of writing it down, putting it in the filing cabinet and losing it, we type it up, put it on the cloud and lose it. Because we forget our password or whatever. And... So we're still very good at losing information just like we've always been. We just do it more technologically now. That's the main thing. Or you have, you have the catastrophic hard disk failure. And everything goes. Or somebody steals your phone. What do we do beforehand? What do we do beforehand? It is written. What I've written, I've written. It's true. It's true. That's what he's saying. And what are they saying? This is the... They crucified him. This is the truth that that we see in the story. They crucified him. They nailed him to a cross. I'd go at length as to what crucifixion was like, but we all want to feel well at lunchtime because crucifixion is horrible. It's the most... Just the most disgusting death possible. Barbaric. The Romans only used it in extreme circumstances because even they considered it barbaric. They used it for treason. He claimed to be king. That's why he claimed to have authority over Caesar. That's why he's crucified by the Romans. And we know he's dead. That is fact. We know he's dead because he gets pierced in the side and blood and water flow. Back then they didn't know this medically, but that meant death. Because normally, you, 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 Stephen, if I was to pierce you in the side now, you would bleed and there would be blood, but there wouldn't be body fluid because you're alive. But because he was dead, the two have started to separate. And you, there's a proof, a medical proof that John could never have known was a proof. But we know it is a proof that Jesus was dead. So they didn't have to break his legs. Don't start me on why they broke their legs. If you want to know, I'll tell you afterwards. But it's true. The crucifixion is fact. It is true. I've written what I've written. And then Jesus says, it is finished. I've written what I've written, and it is finished. Hmm. What's finished? The story hasn't finished, there's another couple of chapters to come. What is finished? His work is done. God himself become man. Has lived and taught... And given an example, that's one part of it. But here's the most important part. What he's done on the cross is he's taken the sin, the rubbish, the emotional and spiritual pollution of the world into himself. And has become sin for us. And he's become that sacrifice for us, the lamb of the the Lamb of God. Sacrifice for our sin, our Passover Lamb. He's done it. It's is finished. Don't need anything else. It's done, sorted, worked out. It is finished. I've written what I've written. Do you want it any more emphatic than these words? Do you want it any clearer? Oh I don't know, Jesus really died on the cross. Really? Really? Is it the end? We know it's not. Because if you go into the next chapter, we know he rises from the dead. And we know that is true as well. But the narrative hasn't stopped, it continues. It continues with the resurrection, which is amazing fact. It's amazing truth. We did the baptism. We died to sin, the death, and rise to new life. The imagery of baptism is... The imagery of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. It's as if when we're baptized, we participate in that very death and resurrection. That's the spiritual impact of it. Exactly. That's what what happened to Jonah in the whale. He died and he was birthed again. Exactly the same imagery. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for that prompt. Gratefully received. Baptism is not a naming ceremony. It's a sacrament that shows the core of the Christian story and says, This is what we believe. And it doesn't say, Oh, this is what we believe if it's okay with everybody else. It says, This is what we believe. I stood away from the bit that's broken. You're fine. <laughs> that's what he it means. It's emphatic. It's written. I've written what I've written. It is finished. And then John goes on. Do you know that? John goes on in 19, chapter 19, verse 35, which Wendy's just read. The man who saw this has given testimony. This is John himself. The man who saw this has given testimony, and the testimony is true. He's not mucking about, is he? The testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth and he testifies so that he can feel better and have a nice life. Do you know what it says? Can you remember what Wendy read? He testifies so that you might believe. The claims of Jesus Christ aren't nice. Aren't a pleasant little diversion from the realities of life. They're a strong challenge and if they're true, they're true and it means eternal life and it has internal significance. And if they're not true, then we are wasting our time. I don't know about you, I'm not wasting my time. If I ever thought I'd been wasting my time in the last 25 years, I would have resigned from being a vicar and bulked off and gone back to teaching. and Done something important. The only reason I gave up teaching was because this is much, much, much more important. No offense to teachers, but the, the spiritual side of it. He testifies so that you may believe. And do you know what? John writes again in 2021 I've written all this down so that we've got a good record. No, so that, guess what? You might believe. And can I let you into a little secret? The story doesn't finish with Jesus dead and buried. It doesn't finish with him risen from the dead. It doesn't finish with his ascension. It doesn't finish with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. The story continues. Why? Because we believe. And we are part of the ongoing story. And that's the promises you guys have taken. We believe. And if you did it with your fingers crossed behind your back, then shame on you because actually that's dangerous for you. But if you meant it, then hallelujah, let's go. Because this is so exciting and so wonderful. We can be part of the story. So John's Gospel's got another chapter and then there's the Acts of the Apostles. There's the story continuing. Then you get to the 28th chapter of of, uh, the Acts of the Apostles. And do you know there's a 29th chapter? Did you know there's a 29th chapter? Not just the band, I mean, there is a 29th chapter. You've heard of the band, haven't you? That joke didn't go well at 8 o'clock, that one. Never mind, it's fine. Um, the tw- you, know, you know who the 29th chapter is? Of Acts The Acts of the Apostles? You and me, and the whole history of the church. We're the next chapter because we believe. So this morning has been all about starting and believing. I'm getting, I'm getting a bit of a smile there as well. It's good. She's brilliant. She's doing really well. So I ask you this morning, will you believe what he had written is what he'd written? Will you believe it's true? Will you believe when Jesus said it's finished, it's finished? Will you believe that the testimony that Paul, that John gives is so that you might believe? Will you believe that what he's written down is so that you might believe? Actually, will you believe Will you believe we've screwed it up before God and we've made messed up before God? But He doesn't judge us for that. He reaches out to us in love and says, Come back. Will you believe? Will you believe all you have to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry for ignoring you. I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for. It's called sin. And the problem with sin is it's a word with I in the middle. Will you believe? that all you have to do is come and say, Jesus, thank you for sorting this rubbish out in me and take him by the hand and walk with him into faith, in faith. We're all on a journey to faith if we were to participate in it. And then we can be in a journey of faith, which is amazing. And together we believe and we see the truth, the resurrection manifest amongst us. I ask you this morning, will you believe in God's saving love? For he believes in you. That's why he died for you. Let's pray. I don't know where, where you are. I don't know where you, what you believe. But i tell you this much. You can believe in the church and not know God. You can believe in being good and not know God. It's about knowing God and accepting Jesus into your life. I'm going to pray that prayer. Guys, if you want to pray it for the first time, feel free. to chat to me afterwards if you want to. If you're praying it for the umpteenth time, then bring it on and ask him to fill you again. Lord Jesus, thank you, you came. As the son of God. And you came doing only what you heard your father doing. And speaking what the father spoke to you. Thank you Jesus that you lived. That you died and became sin. That which has screwed up the world. You dealt with. Thank you Jesus that the story didn't end in the tomb. But you rose again. You've risen into heaven. and You've poured out your spirit. And we can say... We believe. Lord, we accept you again into our hearts. May we be born again of your spirit and journey with you as the believing family that testifies to and declares the truth of Jesus, crucified and risen, the saviour and hope of the world. Amen.